0: if you gave me $600 million, uh, oh, I would have a lot of fun. I mean, money doesn't buy happiness, but to be clear, it does. It 100% <laughs> buys happiness. It could buy you a truck.
1: It, it could buy you a boat. You
0: a boat, a truck, uh, a truck to it pull it. It could buy you a theme park. It could buy you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> 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 could buy you a Yeti full of silver bullets. We should write a
1: song. I'm not going to drink silver bullets. Hey, everybody. My name's AJ. I'm DC and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we get any further, please make sure to like and subscribe. Anything you do helps us spread this information. We're trying our best to spread financial information to as many people as possible to help them out, especially right now with all the crazy stuff going on in the world. So anything you can do to help us out, we greatly appreciate it. So we're starting a new, um, I don't know what you would call this, like a new segment, a new uh, concept where we want to cover a lot of what's happening in the world um, as it's happening maybe once a week or so maybe once every two weeks depending on what we decide we want to be able to riff off of the stuff that's happening hit as much news as we can um, discuss news articles or whatever major events are occurring so with that what do we have going on right now
0: yeah so we got a lot going on um right now economy is struggling i think uh, you can't go five minutes without reading an article about recession Uh, You're talking about layoffs. We've had the stock market crashes, which I think the stock market's kind of become a yo-yo at this point. Uh, What's it going to do this (laughs) week? Nobody knows. Uh, We have midterms tomorrow, or it might be today, depending on when this uh, video gets posted. So I think we have a lot to think about. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the repercussions of that. There's a few articles that I think sum up the the state of affairs when it comes to personal finance. And it kind of shows how Americans are reacting to some of this news. So we'll talk about that. I want to see those. I want to say about the layoffs real quick is
1: like people, like I keep seeing news articles where people keep saying things like, you know, Oh, I'm going to find a job that better appreciates me or I'm going to, you know, quit and find remote work or I'm going to do something. But I keep seeing all these things about layoffs and it's freaking me out a little bit. Like, like where, like we both know that the bad stuff hasn't really come yet. That we're expecting the economy to continue to drop. And if layoffs occur, like the Federal Reserve has promised us, like real layoffs, I'm not talking about like the baby stuff we're doing now, but like real layoffs happen, like it's gonna be bad. And these people who are leaving jobs for these brand new jobs and have no seniority are really gonna get kicked hard while they're down. And I just encourage everybody who's watching, like, just like, I I know your job may not be perfect, but right now is the time to hold
0: on to it. Absolutely. I, th- I think I saw a stat today that uh, either Bank of America or Wells Fargo, one of the big uh, mortgage bankers, is stating that applications were down 90% last month. So that's a that's a big number. All right. Sorry for taking you on a tangent. Let's hit this article. All right. Um, so the first one we are going to start with, and let me, uh, let me go ahead and share this. So go ahead and read that. I'll, I'll let you react to it. Okay.
1: of adults say they have stopped or reduced their retirement savings contributions due to inflation studies show. Uh, That sounds painful. What I I don't like about this, I mean, other than the obvious, which is that people are actually stopping their savings, but the fact that it adds retirement in there, what does that mean? Like, are they not doing anything for retirement now
0: because of inflation? I don't know. And, and you could make an argument that based on the stock markets, uh, past few months, uh, really since the start of 2022, that you would not want to stop your contribution. So, uh, this could be a contrary, uh, this could, there could be an argument to the contrary where you actually should have been investing more in the stock market. So this is kind of, Oh confusing. yeah. I mean, that's what we've been saying here. I think that
1: like, um, I think the struggle is real. So like, if you're already living paycheck to paycheck and your in, your income and your expenses like are really close together already, right? And then inflation hit, like how hard is that? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, you already I, don't have any space in your budget and then
0: inflation took whatever space you had left. Oh definitely. If you're already paycheck to paycheck, I'm not sure where you find the, the money to make up the gap. You're right. If you get eight percent inflation and you already have zero uh extra money at the end of the month i, I don't know what you take from so it's, it's got to be retirement savings or emergency fund man that's rough Absolutely. what else does this article say uh so it, it talks about a lot of stuff um the biggest thing is really uh in addition to the 54 percent of survey respondents who say they've cut back putting money toward their nest egg 43 percent have actually dipped into retirement savings so oh, that's a whole that's a whole nother no app. So so not not only did you stop contributing, you actually started taking from it.
1: Oh, that hurts. So like this, this is some of what I was talking about with inflation, man. Like inflation is creating whole new sets of poor people. Like, you know, as we continue to make things more and more expensive, people who pay like paychecks were middle class, like yesterday are now below middle class. And if you have to like dip into your retirement savings just to survive, that's not sustainable. Like, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, especially since uh, I mean, presumably, if you're in your 30s, your retirement savings aren't that large yet. So the the effect long term could be huge. I mean, you're taking the start you have for the future and, and diminishing it to virtually nothing. That's not a good uh, that's not a good plan.
1: Man, that's rough.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of hoping things work out. So I think uh, solid planning is really the bedrock to this, and it's something we talk about a lot. Is you have to make a plan for all circumstances. Yeah. I think that the answer to this one is not fun.
1: It's twofold. One is your standard of living. Like we have to get creative about our standard of living, right? People have not had to get creative about that for a really long time. And I think it kind of um, has really hurt us for this whole period is like, we we have a really high expectation of how we're supposed to live. I think we got to drop that significantly like way way below what we think it is right now. And then the second half is like you got to get creative in finding more money. Like dipping into retirement savings is is not the way to go.
0: No, I agree. And if I think part of what you said is uh people don't understand how to how to live off of less money and part of that's because of the huge stock market rally from 2008 to present basically or to the start mm-hmm. of 2022. So from 2008 on, it was a huge market for anyone um, invested. So take millennials, for instance, most of them started saving probably around 2008. What have they known the whole time? Just massive stock market gains. So try to unpack that into a bad economy and it could be costly. Oh, yeah. We released an uh, an episode a few days
1: ago where I put a chart in there about what would have happened if you invested over the course of that 2008 crash And how long it would have taken you to get back and to actually start making some, like, really good money. And it looks pretty good, you know. For those of you who are wondering whether or not you should sacrifice, I don't know, eating out this week so that you can invest, maybe go check that episode out. I'll link to it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I (laughs) I bought fast food chicken for the family, and it was $40. So that's that's an easy $40. Absolutely. (laughs) That's $40. Oh, man. Like, yeah, so
1: I have four kids and... A wife right like we went out to eat and
0: dude like just at at fast food places it's not a little bit of money anymore no no i think uh and this is a shout out to wendy's but the wendy's four for four i think is all we have left so (laughs) (laughs) all right wendy's they're not uh sponsors (laughs) of this video but they might as well be they're not but they're getting some free (laughs) love today so um Yeah, again, I want one more line I really want to stress on this and it's all in the key points. I kind of like how they do this. They put key points right in the beginning of the article. But um, for anyone who has taken money from their nest egg early, they need to be sure that there will be or they need to know whether or not there will be tax implications. So Uh, There's a potential that not only did you pull money from your stockpile early, but you could owe Uncle Sam and possibly your state money as well because you pulled out before the allowable age. So uh, that's a double whammy, possibly triple whammy, depending what state you live in.
1: Tell me how that works, because I've not done that myself. If you pull money out of like your 401k, for example, and do like, let's say I pull out my entire 401k and let's say it's $20,000. Do I get like the entire $20,000? right there and then am I liable for taxes like you know later when tax time comes so what I'm saying
0: yeah so I don't know uh, I think some providers have different rules but on 20 grand I would think they would pre-withhold federal tax um so your 20,000 would probably be reduced by I'm just spitballing but I would guess 5,000 um so you'd probably get a check for 15,000 dollars, and then you would owe state tax if applicable to end of the year as well um so with that being said though if you know, if you withdraw 100 or $200,000, the tax implications can be huge. And there's also a 10% tax penalty levied by the IRS if you pull out before 59 and a half. Uh, now, bear in mind with COVID, there's been some uh, COVID relief provisions that have allowed early withdrawals for hardship. Mm-hmm. Those don't apply. The 10% does not apply to those. There's waivers all over the place. Uh, but as a rule, if you pull uh, 401k money prior to 59 and a half, you will, uh, you will feel the 10% penalty.
1: So, okay. Yeah. My thought process on that one was like, what if we hit like, what, what is is taxed? April 15th? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like what if we hit April 15th and all of a sudden, like these 43% of people who have dipped in their retirement savings all owe taxes and they don't have the cash. Like, what does that look like? But it sounds like that may not be an issue if withholding, you know, kind of fix that.
0: Correct. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's some plan leeway on that. So I, I wouldn't uh, take it to the bank that your providers always going to withhold money. Uh, I've, I just wouldn't take that to the bank. That's a personal responsibility issue. So you should really know what you're doing and what the consequences are. That's the piece okay. I want to stress on that.
1: But I hate holding money. dude. I don't like it.
0: I know it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I want to
1: buy something with it that makes money like real estate or gold or yeah.
0: dividend yeah. stocks.
1: Absolutely. Um, just want to get rid of it. I don't like holding on to it.
0: Yeah, just none of the stocks that are plummeting, though. <laughs> well, I mean, they're on sale, dude. They're are on them. sale. when they're on Some sale. of them don't come back, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not referring to, like, single stocks. Okay, very well. Yeah, yeah, out, I Shout out to index funds right there.
1: Like, I, you know, I did an episode a while back where someone asked about single stocks, and I was like, all right, look, I bought some Tesla, and it went way up. And I sold it because I needed the cash. And it dropped almost immediately after that was all pure luck. Absolutely. I didn't plan any of that. <laughs> no. I just thought like Tesla's a cool company. I want some of it. And I bought <laughs> it when it was pretty low. And then I just happened to have the cash at that moment. Right. Or need the cash at that moment. I just happened. Yeah. It just happened to line up. Right. And so I ended up making a bunch of money, but it's just pure luck. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I wouldn't do that again for sure. No, and you shouldn't bank on being successful a hundred times in a row on that. So. No, no. Yep. So no, I don't owe any single stocks right now, just in
1: case people are watching and they're wondering.
0: Yeah, I only uh, I own one, but I'm not giving away my personal secret. Uh, not because I'm worried someone will steal it, but I'm worried someone will lose money. So I'm not going to give that secret away.
1: Uh, okay, okay. I'll ask I gotta, you after I gotta, the I episode. Hold
0: it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right what so, else you got? Uh, The second piece of this and uh, this is I'm going to stop sharing real quick, but this one is equally actually now this one's more frightening. I don't want to give it the the glorious phrase equally so. Okay, so uh, the next one I'm going to share, which should be uh, up on your screen now is Way more alarming, in my opinion. Uh, I don't want to give it any credit as being on the same footing uh, as the previous article. So I, I can already hear your reaction. I'll go ahead and read this one. I don't want you to throw up on camera. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> 55% of Americans are behind on saving for retirement. And that's okay. What? Oh, why is that okay? I, I don't know. So Mike Winters, if you're curious, his uh, Twitter handle is at Mike Winters with no E in the winters. I don't know if he has a blue check mark or not. That's probably uh, debatable today. He hasn't saved enough to get that E. <laughs> yeah. He needs $8 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for the
1: blue check I, I He doesn't know. have any retirement savings, so he can't afford I, the blue check He may checkmark. not. I
0: mean, I could tell you I would never write an article that says this. I mean, I, I guess the uh first, I don't know, eight words are okay, and then it goes downhill. So. Well, like fifty five
1: percent of Americans being behind on savings for retirement is not great. That no, means it's not great. But fifty five percent of Americans need to subscribe to the Wealthy Idiot Show. Absolutely, I, mean, I agree with that. That yep. seems pretty. That's like a huge demographic. We got to find those guys. Yeah, we do. But That's that what we're last with. three words there, like what? I gotta, I gotta know what the claim is here. I gotta understand this.
0: Yeah. So. Again, he uh, he talks about how there are, it, it kind of rambles on, but there's he's talking about the different milestones there are for retiring. So one of the ones he quotes is Fidelity. Uh, Fidelity recommends saving at least the equivalent of your salary by 30, um, three times your salary by 40, six times by 50, eight times by 60 and 10 times by 67. Mm-hmm. So that means if you make a hundred grand a year by age 67, you should have saved a million dollars. And I wanna touch on this. This is why I'm bringing this up first because this is utterly ridiculous. And I understand that it's a big investment firm giving the advice, but what does that mean? Can I mean, I'm gonna ask you, AJ, Do you, what does it mean personally if you need to save 10 times your income by 67? Wh- what does that mean?
1: I've never been a fan of people describing what you need to save like this because my salary has been so widely different constantly. What has not changed too much has been my lifestyle and my cost of living. And that's changed deliberately because of, you know, events that have taken place, right? So like my cost of living changed whenever I moved out of my parents' house into my apartment. And then it changed again when I moved from my apartment into Well, no, I'm going to skip the whole Marine Corps part because that was weird. That whole thing's weird. But like, yeah, let's pretend that didn't happen. When I left my apartment to go into the house I'm in now, all those things have changed my cost of living, but my income has been all over the place. So it's hard for me to know what that means. Like if I was to pick 10 times my income by 67, which income? My best year, my worst year. What am I trying to pick there? I don't like that. I'd much rather try and figure out like, how much do I need in relation to what I think I'm going to need to live off of when I hit 67? And then how do I like, so if I need like, let's say a hundred grand a year at 67 years old, how do I make sure I have enough money to ensure I have a hundred grand a year at 67 years old? That's what I care about. Does that, does that pretty much match what you were saying?
0: Yeah, it absolutely does. And I have a note written down here because I didn't want to forget it. I hate rules of thumb. So uh, I think, okay. That's commonly said in in uh, personal finance speak. So, you know, you'll often hear people say, you know, rule of thumb is you should have uh, exactly what this is, 60, you know, 10 times your salary by age 67. Mm. That makes no sense. Or people will say you should at least be saving 15 percent into your 401k every year for your entire career. What does that mean? I mean, that doesn't take standard of living into account at all. That's a just a vague statement of savings target. So I don't agree with it. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about why I think you just hit this um, partially is you need to, uh, one, be able to measure your expenses. So you need to know what you spend year over year. And this isn't a one year process. You really need to track this over years. And especially as you get closer to retirement, you can start refining numbers. And then you need to also save with a goal in mind. So basically, um, if you know that your annual expenses are, in this case, I'm going to use an example of, Uh forty two thousand. So let's say you're you're using forty two thousand dollars a year on annual expenses. So that includes housing, food, uh car payment, all that stuff. Forty two thousand a year. So you need to figure out how in retirement to replace forty two thousand a year after taxes come out of it, right? I mean that's simple. Well, plus inflation. um, What's that? I mean, plus inflation. Yeah, plus inflation. So uh, again, that's where having investments pays off is you would assume your investments are going to pace inflation or outrun it in the long term. Uh, but if you know you need $42,000, that gives you a tangible number you need to hit. So you might be asking, if I need forty-two grand, what does that mean in terms of retirement savings? Well, if you're going to have a standard 30-year retirement, what would the withdrawal rate be? So the studies show us approximately 3.5%. So if you're going to withdraw 3.5%, Um, 42,000 is 3.5% of what number? Um, In this case, that number comes out to uh, $1.2 million. And I'll tell you how you get that. Uh, You basically just take 3.5% divided by 100, which equals 0.035. So you're just converting it to a decimal and then 42,000 divided by that and it equals 1.2 million. So there's your quick math lesson from someone that's terrible at math, but if I can do it, so can you. That's the wealthy idiot thing. Oh, we any idiot here, so. can do it. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so that being said, if you know you need one point two million dollars to generate forty two thousand dollars, that's a actionable goal. You can then back out what your savings rate needs to be in order to meet the forty two grand. You can do something about it. So it's not a it's not a generated number by Fidelity or Vanguard. It's not a news report you listen to where someone threw out a fifteen percent savings rate in order to reach retirement. Uh, this is an actual number you can act on. Now, with that being said, okay. you need to make some but, assumptions. Like Mike
1: Winters tells me I don't need to have that, though.
0: So. Uh, Mike Winters also says it's okay if you're behind on retirement savings. So, Yeah, so like, why would I care about being ahead when Mike Winters says I don't have to be? So I would first argue I don't know who Mike Winters is. I found this article <laughs> and thought it would be good to talk about. So um, I think Mike Winters may be under uh, emphasizing the state of the problem. So, uh, I would argue that you shouldn't panic if you're behind on retirement savings. So I think we can agree on that, right? I mean, you need to see the positive in this, uh, but you need to make a plan and you need to fix the, you need to right the ship. So you need to find a way to start saving for retirement. And if you're 10 years late, you may need to save a lot faster because you have less time. So that's a, uh, that's a tricky, uh, place to be. It is okay. So not too long ago, I saw
1: this article and I forget who, like it was a study or something done. And, and then it just kind of went viral in the finance community. And it was about like saving for retirement is like not the way you should be handling your money. The idea was you should have the highest cost or the highest lifestyle that you could possibly achieve and try to like create that for as long as possible. Right. And I'm probably not doing it justice, right? The whole concept was like, if you're suffering to save money, then your life isn't very rich. It's not good. Right. So you shouldn't suffer to save money. And because you're going to make more money later, it's okay to push stuff off till later, you know, statistically speaking for most people. So that's probably a really, under uh, under explained version of what they're arguing but is that
0: something similar to what mike is trying to push here i think it it could be it's probably uh, a little bit more thorough uh again the statement and that's okay just kills me in here you know i will give mike credit i don't want to completely throw the baby out with the bathwater because he does talk about how Uh, The longer you wait to start savings, uh, to start saving for retirement, the harder it gets. So basically, if you start at 40, it's a lot harder than if you were to start at 30 because of dollar cost averaging and compound interest and all those things. And he's right. So, you know, that's uh, extremely important. I think he at least highlights that. But I I don't know. I don't want to I don't think you should sugarcoat the lack of retirement savings as being okay. That's just probably my my bottom line. All right, so I want to show a chart uh, right now that goes along with this a little bit. You sent it to me earlier. I think it's uh, indicative of this, and it kind of goes along with the conversation. So this is the personal savings rate, uh, basically from 1960 until 2022 or 2021, it looks like, somewhere after 2022. So, I mean, I'll let you talk through this. You sent it to me, but this is (laughs) eye-opening.
1: Yeah, this is um, in billions of dollars. So the idea is $1,000 billion would be $1 trillion. Yep. Right. So on the left-hand side, you see 1000 That line that goes across is $1 trillion. And what we're seeing here is the reported savings total, not the rate, right? Because I had a commenter tell me like, hey, savings rates are down, meaning people are saving less per month, but savings itself is actually pretty high. Um, And I was like, I don't think that that's true. So I hopped on over here and I found this chart from the St. Louis Federal Reserve. So those are the guys who do as much of the predictions as possible to try and come up with how, you know, stuff is going to look. So when people in the news are like, you know, we're expected to have, you know, higher inflation next month, or we're expected to be in a recession, the GDP is going to be down. The St. Louis Fed is the one who's mostly doing that. And they're doing it based off of the data in this page. It's all free. We can all go and check it out. But um, can you shrink down? Maybe like if you grab the bar on the bottom there, right next to the 1960, you can shrink down this image. There you go. Yeah, like 1990. And, like release it closer to like 20 2005 maybe.
0: Mm, there yeah, we go. Too far.
1: Too far. That's 2015. Oh my bad. Yeah, that's okay. Forgive you this one time. 2005. How's that? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, there you go, that works. All right, so you see in 2008, right? So the crash occurs and the savings rate jumps up because when the crash occurs, everyone doesn't know what's about to happen. So the savings rate shoots up. And then as the crash starts to disappear, you can kind of see the savings rate drop. That's at the late 2008 there. It kind of comes up a little bit and then we kind of level off. And then there's that weird drop over in 2013. I don't entirely know what's happening there. We saw like a weird economic fluctuation happen in 2018. And it doesn't look like our savings rate really changed all that much in 2018 no. or uh, not savings rate. Sorry, the actual savings amount. And then obviously 2020 was weird. So 2020 hits. Everybody's locked inside. Nobody's spending money. Funny how that happens, right? Like we find ways to not spend money when we're all locked inside our houses. Yep. So savings goes off the charts. I mean, it's not a little bit off the charts. That's $6.4 trillion. Right, so before, what is that? One point five trillion. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So savings rate goes off the charts, right? And then as COVID starts to die down, it kind of slides, and then it jumps up again in 2021. I don't really know the reason for the second jump. I don't like. I don't have an idea. And maybe it's um. I think
0: stimulus checks probably uh, could have a little bit of it.
1: Ah, uh, that could be. Yeah, we yeah, printed a bunch of money, I, I think, and
0: people were trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, I think I read an article that. Something who's, I don't want to misquote it, but a lot of people saved the last stimulus check.
1: Mm, so I think okay.
0: that could, I mean, if the Fed, um, essentially the Fed, if the Fed printed a bunch of money and gave it out to Americans and then they put it back in savings, it would make this chart jump. So, And that's fair. And this doesn't separate individual versus
1: like, like, like a wealthy person. You know what I'm saying? So like it, it is personal savings. I mean, this doesn't refer to like corporate savings or bank savings. But um, if you're like Elon Musk and you're about to buy Twitter, for example, and you're sitting on $45 billion waiting to purchase Twitter, that's going to look like personal savings for a minute. So, you know, with even with you know, rich people in here and pe- I don't think everybody quite understands this, but when we cut stimulus checks, most of that money doesn't actually go to people what was the, what was the percentage? It was like 80, 20, 20% went to actual stimulus checks and 80% was like diverted to banking systems and everything. Right. So that could have something to do with these giant spikes as well. And then the, um, the important bit here is that after 2021, when we're starting to go into a recession, our savings just disappears. Absolutely. So we hit that initial recession, the one where everybody argued, was this a recession? Was it not a recession? Everybody still has jobs, so maybe it's not a recession. Right? When that hit, our savings disappeared. So now in July, the summer of 2022, we're down to $660 billion. Yep. September is 581. And September is 581. And that's the lowest it's been since like, if you track back, it's like, yeah, I don't even know.
0: five eighty. Look at that. I would say I mean I would call it 2008. Yep. Yep. And
1: the Fed is promising to bring about a major recession. So we have the Federal Reserve promising to bring about a major recession as everybody's savings rate is lower than it's been since 2008. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So I like a uh, I I went and found this because you sent me those articles, you know, in preparation for the show and I was like blown away. I'm like,
0: we're we're not in a good place right now for what's about to take place. Like no nobody is. Agree, but I, I think we can find solace in the fact that Mike Winters says you'll be okay. Mike Winters, but he can't even afford an E in his Twitter handle. I don't know how I'm supposed to believe that guy. I think uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Someone stole his name before he could get to it, but I mean it happens. <laughs> nobody had the wealthy idiots. Just saying. No, is all. no
1: one had wealthy idiots. That's ours. <laughs> All right, so we're going to hit a few topics real fast. Both of us will give our uh, opinions. We'll move on to the next topic. So the first thing that's obviously big in the news right now, and everybody's talking about it, is Elon Musk and Twitter.
0: Go. I I don't know. I think it's a crazy amount of money to pay for Twitter. What was it, $54 billion? Or 44 whatever the number was. Something with a yeah. billion in front of it I think was too much. So... <laughs> um, i don't know i think it's risky i don't know why he's doing it i can't tell you his personal motivation i think with his tech background he could have created a new twitter that would have competed for a lot less so that's my uh, that's my hot take i don't think it's a good purchase but apparently bank of america does and they know a lot yeah more than me, so <laughs> so
1: yeah i mean going along that same lines like i don't think people understand that he didn't like cash out his investments to go buy twitter he took out fat loans to go by Twitter in hopes that the income from Twitter is going to cover these loans. And then in the matter of like days, he switched his plan several times to try and figure out how to make this thing cash flow. Because if people because uh, people don't know, like Twitter does not cash flow. It's been negative for a really long time. Right? So it's been kind of propped up and he bought a company that isn't cash flow like if if i was gonna buy a real estate that's not cat like it just wouldn't happen i just wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it either right so he has to trust in his ability to produce enough cash to pay off this loan and it looks a little bit like he's panicking um that's my take i I don't know i think was it you or somebody else told me that maybe what they're doing maybe what he's doing is just chucking out ideas like at a crazy fast rate yeah just to see market
0: research
1: yeah yep just to see what happens because you know the alternative is he he picks something and then he goes hard at it and it fails whereas this way he's just you know pivoting every two seconds until maybe something sticks and he can like go with it that could be but
0: man that this whole thing is wild i'm interested to see how this turns out yeah or he could have bought twitter just to troll uh people that don't like him i i'm not putting that past. yeah you. but that's 54 billion dollar troll yeah, I know. I wish I had enough money to troll for fifty-four billion. Yeah,
1: I wish someone would troll our direction about a million bucks. Absolutely, We could make, make this channel really into something for sure. I agree. We we would be great. We're great now, but we would be greater. Yeah. What are we running on now? Like tens of dollars? Like, yeah, we would be well, you know, set up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what we're running on. Now. Yeah, it's not a lot. If people are no. curious, it's not a lot. I did an yeah. intro to my last show where I showed how much money we make off of YouTube now that we're monetized and it's zero i haven't made anything yet
0: yeah so so the wealthy wealthy idiots did not get wealthy via youtube or blogging let's just throw that out there (laughs) at least not yet no not that that's not that i'm
1: against that but we'll get better all right topic two 1.5 billion dollar
0: powerball 1.5 i think it's 1.9 Is it up to 1.9? Oh, shoot. I had 1.5 when I looked up this topic. (laughs) No, it's 1.9. Hey, so it's funny you say that. What's the deadline to purchase a ticket? Because I forgot. Oh, I don't know, man. Let's look it up real quick. Now I'm kind of uh, nervous. I have a gas station by my house, though. I don't want to get left behind.
1: you got to head over there real fast. Let's see. When is the cutoff time to buy a Powered Ball ticket in Connecticut? Eleven o'clock Eastern time. I'm gonna assume that that's probably the case where you are too. Okay, I'm good. My
0: gas station's three minutes away. It's 10:59
1: so, p.m. Are no, you gonna I yolo so
0: everything you have at the Powerball? No. So I guess I'll make a comment now that you pointed at me. I'm not yoloing anything. Uh, with, that being, <laughs> with that being said, I'm guessing you want to take on the Powerball. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So, my expert take. I didn't. I didn't uh, mean that you should go and like yolo all your stuff. No, no. Then, like <laughs> what? What do you think is going on with the powerball? I was. I was firing up the Venmo account right now. So, <laughs> um, I guess my take on Powerball is I'm not a huge fan. I think lotteries are a great way to rob from poor people. I, I do, and it's state sponsored, which makes it even worse. Uh, in this case, there's no way I'm not going to spend $10 on a chance at 1.9 billion. <laughs> so I'm guilty. <laughs> it's irresistible. I think if I if I think I could have had a chance to win and I didn't, I would kick myself. So I think half the fun in the Powerball, and you'll probably agree with this, I would think, is uh, thinking about what you would do if you win. Uh, if you, I think the cash out after taxes is a 600 million. So if you gave me 600 million dollars. Uh, Oh, I would have a lot of fun. I mean, money doesn't buy happiness, but to be clear, it does. It one hundred percent buys happiness.
1: It could buy you a truck.
0: It could buy you a, you a boat. A truck. Uh, a truck to it pull it. It could buy you a theme park. It could buy you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it could buy you a yeti full of silver bullets. It, we should write a song. I'm not going to drink silver bullets, but nonetheless, <laughs> <we're>, I
1: digress. <laughs> I always imagine like like yeah the the amount is six hundred grand, right? And like if you were to put. 600 mil. That's 600 million. Sorry, 600 yep. million. I mean, after I'd take 600 taxes. grand. I'd be happy with 600 grand, but I'll yeah, take six, 600 million. 600 mil after taxes lump sum. Yeah, so you take 600 million, and let's say we put it into dividend-paying stocks that are paying about 4% right now. You could spend $24 million a year for the rest of your life just on dividend-paying
0: pay, stocks. Bingo. $24 million a year you could spend. I mean... To be clear, you could make 3% in a simple savings account right now. And you would help raise oh, that yeah. chart
1: we showed earlier. My savings rate is like 3.25 or something.
0: It's not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty good for a $600 million deposit. Yeah.
1: $24 million. Now, what could I do with that? I mean, I could get my own island. Stop. You could do a lot of stuff yeah. with 24 mil. So, yeah. yeah. Man, that's nuts.
0: All right. Now, last to topic. To be clear, we're not advocating for you to buy mega millions of powerball tickets every week. that's, just, <laughs> that's a good call <laughs> i want to throw that out there disclaimer yep you, you know. Know. This, is, this is three times a year fun thing so <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks when you make
1: you know i'm not going to announce your salary but like you know 10 bucks is you know a uh, chicken sandwich you skipped one day at fast food like
0: yeah i will skip you know. starbucks uh twice this month and be okay so yeah there you go so yep. you're all set so that's a Absolutely. lot
1: different than like you know, yoloing a whole
0: paycheck or something like that. Yeah, and the best way is if you go in with a group of friends and you all throw ten bucks, in, you do increase your odds. We're not going to talk about how bad your odds are because they're still not good, but nonetheless, they get better <laughs> yeah. relatively. Yeah, right? So, yeah, rather large group of friends. If you want to get depressed, read about the odds of the Powerball, and uh, you'll be less enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody in America
1: went in on the Powerball and promised to split it all up evenly.
0: We'd all make two bucks. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's okay. A,
0: so how how long would it take you to build an algorithm to buy all those tickets? <laughs> well I'd have to get everybody in on it. Yeah, it would be hard. It was impossible. Oh, man. We could all
1: we could all get a candy bar, guys. Yeah. An energy fake, drink. Fake news idea. All right. Last midterm. So keep in mind, this is gonna air. <laughs> not you know, not this is gonna air after midterms right? Yep. I mean, at the bare minimum, if I could get this out tomorrow. So if, uh, so we're recording on Monday, just so the audience knows, uh, we're recording on Monday. So the midterms finish tomorrow. Um, and we'll have an idea of what that looks like at the end of tomorrow. And then for the mail in ballots still got to be counted. Yep. So it will take a few days to know for sure. In some cases, especially when it's close. Yep. Um, and this will
0: air probably in the middle of all of that. So with that knowledge, what's your take? Uh, So I'm going to give you a market prediction. So I think there's a 50% chance the market drops and there's a 50% chance the market uh, goes up and there's a 50% chance that it stays the same. That's 150%. My bad. So let's call it 33, (laughs) 33 and 33. So... Uh, I think there's an equal chance that all of those things happen. There's also an 80% chance I'm completely wrong and I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's the message I want you to leave with today is that nobody knows uh, elections are weird. Uh, World events are weird. You don't know what's going to happen because it is so unpredictable. And that is the key trend of the stock market I want you to remember after today. That's very true. So
1: people are real finicky when it comes to change. We want to be able to predict what's going to happen. And elections mess those predictions up, right? And we know that. So we know that like pollsters don't get it right. Um, we don't know, like even, you know, even if a group of candidates all come in saying a particular thing, we don't know what that's going to actually produce in the long run. And markets tend not to like that. So um, I like what you're saying there, like any kind, anytime there's anything that's not predictable, we tend to get like a little bit of a retraction, right? Yep. And then when stuff becomes predictable it starts growing again. So, you know, I don't know when that's going to take place, when we're going to be in a predictable space where we feel comfortable with what's going on, but the elections seem to cause kind of like temporary spikes and declines, kind of like earnings reports do for companies, right? Like a company comes at like leading up to the earnings report, people are buying or selling based off of what they think that earnings report is going to produce mm-hmm. then it produces something they don't expect at all and then all of a sudden the market totally shifts either people just start gobbling it up or people start selling it off crazy fast right um Apple's yep. a good example just recently um apple produced their like leading up to the earnings report apple stock was dropping because i think they thought that because of the supply chain stuff it just wasn't gonna work out apple releases its earnings report and everybody's blown away like, okay they, they not only did they beat last year the same quarter they they beat last quarter and they beat their predictions right so everyone starts buying apple apple stocks shoot up well i think everybody sees that and they're like oh like too many people are confident in apple and they all kind of tighten back up mm-hmm. again and so apple's back down again so all these things including midterms are going to cause some weird temporary spikes and stuff and i think that
0: you're absolutely right like in the long run i don't think it'll make too much of a difference no and there's also the fear of missing out so this is one of the worst things i think um fomo for uh you know hashtag fomo whatever you call it no matter so uh fear of missing that yeah (laughs) you uh you see something happening and you think because you're not doing the same thing that you're missing out uh there's a way to combat that when it comes Mm -hmm. to the stock market and it's investing often so if you keep investing over a long period of time you'll stop getting those thoughts that you're missing out uh, if you don't invest at all, then you're not going to get that feeling. You're just going to always feel like you're missing out. So uh, there's a pro tip. I don't know if it's actually a pro tip. We'll call it a semi-pro tip. And uh, yeah. That's, That's a good call out. And if
1: you're someone with really bad FOMO, I have a crypto coin to sell you. So like, hit me up after the show.
0: Don't listen to him. That's probably a scam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm it's joking. a real he, crypto coin he would,
0: never, he would never scam anybody, but that's a word of caution. We're, we're hitting all kinds of things. There are a lot of crypto scams out there. Be careful. That was a test. Yeah, that's a good Don't call <laughs> him. <was> a... <laughs> uh, but you can't comment down below.
1: Let me know. You're joking. <laughs> I mean I'm not joking about the comment. <laughs> Um, all right. So <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a crypto coin. I'm just messing around. But please do comment down below. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do this again either next week or in two weeks and kind of hit whatever the news topics is. So we're going to have stuff like whatever happens in the midterms will be an interesting thing to check out and see how the market responds. Um, we'll have other reports that come out between now and then. Um, and then eventually, you know, we'll redo this also at the end of November, beginning of December, because that's when the November reports all come out. So we'll take a look at um, how those kind of worked. And maybe we'll know a little bit more about what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter.
0: Absolutely. Know, that'd be
1: kind of interesting. Yep. And then all there's right, a do you have couple any last comments.
0: Yeah, I got I got one thing. So uh, if you look over my shoulder, I just want to explain that my daughter's uh, birthday party was yesterday. So that's why my chandelier is fabulous. You don't got to lie. That's for you. No, that's not for me. I mean, I kind of like it. It might stay for a little bit, but it's not for me. So I just uh-huh. wanted to, ex- I wanted to yeah. explain that. I'm sure we'll have <laughs> six or seven questions from our faithful followers. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for stopping by. If you liked today,
1: uh, make sure to like. Um, if you got any comments, questions, want to buy some crypto from AJ, make sure you do it down below. And <laughs> head over to WealthyIdiots.com. We have tips, news articles, calculators, anything you could think of. We're adding stuff constantly. So... I want to thank everybody for stopping by. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Have a good one, y'all.